Welcome to another episode of the Self-Doubt Solution, the show that helps entrepreneurs overcome the self-doubt that holds them back from achieving the next level of success, income, and personal freedom. The Self-Doubt Solution is hosted by the freedom architect, Mario Lanzarotti. Listen as Mario and his inspiring guests share practical insights and tools that help you find the shortcuts for exponential growth and success in all areas of your life. Learn how to build the mindset you need to create a life of true abundance, freedom, and fulfillment. And now, here is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. Welcome, my friends. This is your host, Mario Lanzarotti, the Freedom Architect. Welcome to the Self-Doubt Solution. Today, I have the honor and the plum-pleasing pleasure of welcoming my friend, William Griffin. William is a very special man. He is uh, what you would consider in the traditional sense, a coach, but more so he's a wizard. He really gets people's magic out and helps them express that in a form that is clear, concise, and powerful. He did that for me. We had a conversation which really changed things up for me, which is why I wanted to have him here today. And he has a very interesting story. When he was in school, he got kicked out. He was said, they told them, you're not smart enough, which I don't understand, but I'm sure he's going to tell us more about that. He's calling in from Bali, and he's a very, he's a, he's a conscious leader. He's someone that I call who leads with his heart wide open, and I'm super excited. William, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. That's beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate you deeply. Um, thank you so much for the honor of having me here. Absolutely. I'm actually in Bali right now. It's sunset. The sun's setting. It's rather warm. So there's a fan here. So hopefully this fan isn't too annoying for the listeners. Oh, just the fact that um, you are in Bali, I think uh, it's well worth listening to. Beautiful. 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 Well, thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. William, so I'd like to, you know, get cut right to the chase in uh, on the show and ask you the question, what is it that you specifically do? How can you help people that are tuning into the podcast right now? Um, how can I help people? Well, when people ask me what do I do, I I I, uh, I like to say I'm a philosopher because um, I mm. think that um, that describes who I consider myself to be uh, more than maybe the traditional way I describe myself. But if we're being a little bit more traditional, I would say that there's two roles that I do in terms of work. Uh, the first is a life coach, uh, unniched life coach. So I can um, unpack that a little bit if you'd like. Um, and I also mentor other coaches, particularly around um, growing their practices usually the type of people that I work with are coaches um, who are well they're at all different stages um, but relatively new you know maybe under six figures should we say and so they could have been doing it for a few years and really a lot of that I mean the way I look at entrepreneurs excuse me and all of my one-on-one life coaching clients entrepreneurs so I only ever work with uh, with entrepreneurs excuse me Um, and really no matter which camp I'm in whether it's the life coaching or, or the mentoring um, you know, 80% of entrepreneurship is mindset, uh, the rest is strategy. So, so really a lot of the work that I do is mindset. Um, and do you know what? I really think that if I were to summarize the work that I do with my clients is, um, I just shine a mirror up to their greatness. Mm. Um, and, uh, so I have quite an easy job, I'd say, because I work with <laughs> <amazing> people. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And, 
And I can obviously relate to that because I'm a coach myself and, you know, we've exchanged uh, some magic together and that really made a difference for me. And, you know, like full transparency, I remember you and I, we connected, when was this, like a year ago, a little bit less than a year ago? Probably, probably, yeah. Yeah, and 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 you really helped me distill what it is that I do for other people and why that is so important. And it came down to money. You know, it's like all mindset is, is amazing, like you said. And then, however, at the end of the day, an entrepreneur, he doesn't go out and say, okay, if only I had more mindset in the bank account. No, they're like, they need more money. That's the result that they all want. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. All this leads to helping them make more money. And so that really changed things up for me, which is why I really wanted you today on the show, because I think you can share a lot of wisdom, practical wisdom, really, to help people move forward. And I want to ask you, because you have an interesting story. I read I read that on your website that for you, this journey kicked off when you know you were kicked out of school. What was that about? Oh, wow. Thank you so much. <clears throat> well, do you know what? It's, it's, um, I remember that conversation. It was lovely. And I I, uh, I had a few conversations in that in that spree of chats, and you really stood out. So um, um, it's all testament to you and, and how much I see you. And, and um, it's been really beautiful to see, to follow you online, actually, um, since then, and just seeing all the amazing things you're doing, like your TEDx speech, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I'm really happy that we connected and we're connected again. Um, wow. Well, before I get into that, the first thing I'd say is it's really interesting, actually, because I, I, this is the, this um, conversation was in the back of my mind for the past week or so. And um, I'm just thinking to myself, it's, it's funny because the last thing I want to do is come on here and and um, pretend that I have everything sussed, because I certainly don't, <laughs> especially when it comes to mindset. I think in every single last um, turn up level you know, new project, whatever it might be, there's another level of mindset that that comes to spank me in the arse, shall we say. And mm. I've just recently gone through one as well. So I think mindset is, especially in entrepreneurship, is a never-ending, beautiful journey of, of expansion. So I just want to illustrate with that. Um, I'm riddled with flaws, for sure. Um, but to answer your question, which was when I was kicked out of school, how did that work? But that was a huge part of my journey, actually. Yeah. So when I was um, when I was 16 years old, I was kicked out of uh, the boarding school I'd been uh, that I'd been at since uh, since the age of eight, and it was a huge. Um, it was a real, real shake em up. You know, I, it was my home. Living in that school would be my my home since I was nine years old. Excuse me. Um, and then I kick, was kicked out about two weeks' notice before school was meant to start. Uh, I moved back home with my mother, who went for. I guess she was going through a bit of a mental breakdown. It was it wasn't the best environment for a lost teenager to be in. And um and I went to another school and was kicked out of there and da 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 da. And um and then I was extremely blessed that I discovered I went to this other school and I was very lucky that I was taught philosophy one-on-one. -on -one. And I remember when I went there, the lady said to me, Okay, well, what would you like to choose? And she gave me a list of subjects. And I went through them all and I saw this word philosophy, which wasn't taught at my, any of the schools I've been kicked out of. And I, I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. And it, that completely changed my life. Um, mm. And I think for me, the, the, um, the pursuit, the way that I see philosophy is the pursuit of, of how should I live? Um, how can I flourish? How can I live the best life possible? Mm. And after I you know, lost everything, had my universe turned upside down, having been taught philosophy one-on-one -on -one, and I was also quite heavily into the use of marijuana at the time as well which kind of helped 
everything um really opened my mind as it were to questioning who am i um how can i live the good life what does that even mean and so actually one of the reasons why i say when somebody asks me you know what do you do i think at the essence really i'm a philosopher who just happens to do coaching um because it's a natural byproduct of my my self-actualization quest uh to live the good life as it were um and on that journey i've been confronted with um a lot of mindset challenges let's put it that way good as me mm. did that answer your question it is it does it does it does and and, and it's it's interesting because we have similar a similar story you know especially when you know i didn't i didn't go into philosophy you know i i wasn't kicked out of school but for me it was like what i see in you is like you've been living life a certain way in a certain paradigm and all of a sudden that paradigm is broken you know you're being kicked out of it you know, that reality is no longer the way that you're used to it and then you start something very important which is you start questioning yourself you know, who am i and this is i think one of the most fundamental questions that humanity has asked who am i and i was i'm, I'm wondering when you first started asking yourself that question what was that like for you? Did you go to straight away? Wow, I can be whoever I want to be. This is amazing. I'm free. I can choose to be this and that, you know, or was there a certain journey that led you to that path? It's mm, a great question. You know, I, I remember the first lecture or lesson, excuse me, we ever had was Plato's analogy of the cave, which um, the essence of that analogy from Plato is it's a it's a it's an analogy which is describing the the philosopher's journey to enlightenment as it were and it's kind of like it's 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 almost like neo it's it, this archetypal story that we see in certain narratives like for example neo the matrix it's i'm plugged in to the to the matrix as it were and then i take the red pill and i and i see truth for what it is and um and um and so for me it was really that it, it, it awoke something in me that really excited me. i was like wow maybe what does it mean to be enlightened? So I think for me, actually, my initial thing was, what is enlightenment? What does that mean? And it triggered something in me. It wasn't necessarily who am I? It was more, what is all of this? Mm. What What is all this? And questioning everything. Like I said, questioning everything. I was fumbling around. I probably wasn't that black and white, but, <laughs> but I, it, start, it started this process of well, why? Why do I need to go to university? Why do I need to, to have a nine to five job? Why do I need to do this? Why do I need to follow everybody? And I think I'd always been, you know, a bit of a maverick um, to some degree, maybe less of a maverick, more of a rebel, should we say, to some degree. So I think it fits in quite nicely to my uh, my rebellious nature. You know, I didn't really see myself fitting into the, to the mainstream kind of um, pathway, as it were. And I think that philosophy, suddenly Plato gave me permission to be, to be radical <laughs> mm. i should put that as, a, as my bio play to give me permission to be radical thanks very much <laughs> I, I i i think what you're saying is so crucially important especially to the time that we find ourselves in right now you know plato's cave the the metaphor here is that we're not living life as it is we're living life as it's being projected onto a screen Right, you're, and if you look at nowadays society, it's all about you know, looking at the news and then living life through the lens of what should I do, what should I think, 
And this is this has been so revealing to me when I was on that journey because just like you, I asked myself, why? Why the fuck should I, you know, get get married now? Why why should I get a job? Why why this? Why that? And it brought up a lot of challenges, especially in my own family, because I would I would I was the only one who would go up against the status quo. And people would always mm. say, you know, why do you have to question everything? And said, why the hell not? That's the whole nature of asking questions. It's about questioning. Mm. And did you did you encounter any of those challenges when you started asking those bigger questions and people were like, hey, William, calm down, you know, stay in your line. What are you doing? Mm, thank you. So I didn't look at my parents. My parents are being quite, my parents are quite hands-off, but in a very loving way. Um, and I and I'm very grateful. You know, I sent my mother a voice note Mother's Day this year, <laughs> and I said to her, "Please don't take what I'm about to say the wrong way. Know that it's coming <laughs> from a real place of love, and I really mean this." And I said, "You know, I'm so grateful for you. You fucked me up the perfect amount." <laughs> and um, and I really mean it. I really mean it. Just enough to kind of to kind of to be to be to you know to to not fit it, to not have it so easy that I wasn't always on my edge and that edge which allowed to grow, you know? Um, and also that that fucked upness, shall we say, that um, that that made me want to heal something in me. It was almost this mm. punk concoction of, of pain and pleasure. And, you know, and, and she cried and some of us said, I cried, listen to this. And I was like, oh, and she goes, in a good way, thank you. Um, I lost train of thought, excuse me. So my parents are very hands off. Do you know what actually? I didn't find any reason. I was very lucky, but I was taught philosophy one on one. So I just had this most amazingly encouraging, um, it's amazingly encouraging teacher. And so, so we could just go off on tangents. And so she really just like, hey, let's just fucking explore. And so it was really encouraged. And I was living with my mother for a bit of that. And then I moved out, moved, moved, moved away and lived by myself. Um, but my mother's always been very encouraging about having, you know, philosophical kind of conversations. Um, and actually, it's funny when you said that, I was like, was there any challenge to this? Not really. Um, although I think sometimes uh, friends of mine were just kind of like, not really up for questioning everything, actually. And kind of like, oh, you know, all right, let's just get on with things. And I think that used to, and it's interesting, I think of one of my friends now, he used to, we went traveling uh, to India together around this time. And I would always, you know, talk about stuff. And he would always be like chatting shit. Um, he, and, um, and it's interesting actually now, he and I have such interesting conversations and he's a meditation teacher. Um, so, um, so yeah, no, it's, the short answer to that is no, actually. Mm. No, I didn't have any. I, I, was, I was very, very grateful that I've always been allowed to just do my own thing. For better yeah. or for worse. And, and, you know, I think there's, there's not one path, you know, and like some people think that they have to have this dramatically traumatizing or challenging upbringing in order to have something valuable to bring to the world and for people to recognize them. And I think that's not true. And I'm wondering, you talk about philosophy, right? Is there a certain school of thought in philosophy that really helped you to navigate this time of uncertainty as you were exploring new possibilities, new ways of operating, new ways of showing up in your life? Mm, that's a great question. Um, short answer is no. 
I think for me, for me, the, the value for me with philosophy was finding something that was academic that I could really grab onto. You know, I used to fall asleep listening to philosophy podcasts. It was more I found, <laughs> I found this, this, yeah, I found this, this passion that, you know, at school, like I was kicked out of school for not being clever enough, just to give you an idea. So, so for me, I found something that was academic or, you know, that was taught at school that I friggin loved and that I was really encouraged about. So there wasn't necessarily, I, I was just thirsty for it all. And when you said that one 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 thing really sticks out which is which is aristotle and aristotle's virtue ethics and so his which is essentially all about character development and he he um and how he is saying that um that really in order to flourish and he, he and i love that word and i use that word because of him actually in order to flourish another way it's in order to, to self-actualize in order to be your best best possible version of yourself he says that it's all about developing your character mm. and that that was a really foundational way of thinking about personal growth for me so actually philosophy my interest in philosophy, and i would say probably from plato and aristotle then transmuted into or should we say evolved into personal growth specifically mm. um and i'd say that Ar Plato, hey, you can become enlightened. And for me, you know, what is enlightenment, self-actualization? What does this even mean? Um, and then Aristotle is about developing your character. That that was my channel for sure. Um, so, yeah. so, 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 uh, I like this. And 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 talking about developing your character. Now, when you say that to me, what comes up is personal development. What what, what do you what do you find has really helped you in developing your own character? Thank you. It's a great question. I think really for me, expanding my comfort zone, I guess is 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 the broad the broad answer I can give. Um, yeah. I think that's really what it comes down to actually is expanding my comfort zone. And within that is, is, is looking at fear, feeling it, sometimes crying, sometimes wetting yourself, um, very often making a lot of mistakes, but they're taking either giant leaps or baby steps into that fear and, in, and into the unknown. Um, however they might, that might look like, <clears throat> you know, I mean, like one example just came to my mind was, you know, I used to be so insecure and shy. I'm still insecure and I still can be shy, but I was deep, even more deeply so for sure. And <clears throat> my dear Lord, so insecure. And um, especially in public speaking. And I remember when I moved to Bali in 2019, I was working with a coach and she said to me, you should do a, a Facebook live. And I was like, yeah, easy. I used to send my friends vlog videos on WhatsApp all the time. I, I thought they were quite good. Um, and so yeah, I'll go live and just went live and I froze. Suddenly I started seeing all these people joining and I actually froze live. And I hung up in shame and deleted it. And um, and my girlfriend was at the time was watching. I was mortified. And then my coach who was watching called me up, or I called her up. And I said, I fucking froze night. And she goes, I saw. And she said, You know what you have to do now, don't you, William? I said, What? She says, You need to go live again and talk <laughs> about and talk about what just happened. Mm. And I've got to tell you to this day, that's the most scariest thing I've ever done in my life with i mean wow that was 
I've never in my life made myself so exposed and vulnerable. Um, and um, and I think that's where 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 a big uh, there's such a key in that. There's such a key in that, in that expansion of your comfort zone and facing your fears. And it reminds me of um, that quote by uh, Joseph Campbell, where he says. Um, the treasure you seek resides in the cave you most fear to enter. Is me paraphrasing him. Yeah. yeah. Um, my goodness, isn't isn't that true? Yeah. So true. So true. And 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 I want to acknowledge you for being so transparent because from just the way that I perceive you here, I would never say that you you come across as insecure as a public speaker. No, you know, no way. That wasn't even a thought in my mind. And I totally resonate with you sharing this example of of shame, of freezing, and what it brings up, and 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 how it closes us down, and how it how these emotions really are what's holding us back. You know, people often think, you know, you were going back to the beginning of the conversation, you said 80% mindset, 20% strategy, and I agree. And you could probably even find that it's even more mindset. And people yet yeah. keep looking at what's the best way? How do I do it? What's the, you know, what's the strategy? Tell me the steps. And I'm wondering when you are in that comfort zone that place of comfort zone there's a lot of thought around how to move out of your comfort zone and i have my own thoughts about that and i'm wondering what is it that f you find did help you because you just had this experience where you are deeply ashamed you're like delete never again oh my god and then you decide i'll show up again what is it that that made you do that i think two things I think I really trusted the mentor that I was working with at the time. I really trusted that 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 if she said it, it's going to be okay, that it was. That's the first thing. And dovetailed within that, I knew she was right. I knew she was right. And, and so it was just a fuck, okay, kind of moment. Mm. Um, and I think, look, I mean, you know, I think that if she hadn't have been there, I wouldn't have done that. I, I I probably wouldn't even the idea wouldn't even have occurred to me. So actually, I had to give a lot a lot of the 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 credit to the fact that I had somebody there, you know. And I think you know sometimes that can be be half the value of having a coach in your life. Actually, is just having some, especially entrepreneurs. I think you you work with entrepreneurs as well as I do. You know, yeah. you're an entrepreneur, you run your CEO, you're just by yourself. And I think that you know. Um, just having someone there being like, it's going to be okay, um, that you trust and respect can make all the difference. And, and let's face it, like, if she wasn't there, I, the idea wouldn't have occurred to me, I wouldn't have done it. Um, but, and at the same time, I knew, I knew that it was the right thing to do. I mean, look, I when I hung up that Facebook Live, I deleted Facebook off my phone in shame. Wow. Actually, 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 that isn't quite true. I was definitely in the wrong relationship and I actually felt euphoric and I felt really fucking good. Excuse me. That's not what happened. I missed that very crucial piece. And I walked down the stairs and I said to my, my girlfriend at the time, I was like, yes, I did it. And she goes, I watched. The lighting was so shit. 
And I was like, no. And she, and actually that comment that she made made me feel so insecure. Wow. Um, then I, then I deleted Facebook in shame. I was in a toxic relationship. So there we are. Wow. Um, <laughs> there we are. Anyway. Mm. Um, did I answer your question? I went on a bit of a tangent there. It, it did. It, it, you did. You did. And, and, and that brings up a very important point because what you bring forward is something that you both and I stand for, which is the power of coaching. And really what it comes, what it comes down to is the power of your relationships. And especially if you are someone that is an entrepreneur, which by default often makes you a pioneer in your own regards, because many entrepreneurs that I encounter are often first generation entrepreneurs. Their parents are not entrepreneurs or they're doing something that they've, if you're doing something that you've never done before, you by default are a pioneer in your own world. So you are also going against the status quo that you have been bred to believe in, bringing back Plato's cave for the for your entire life. So talk to me about the importance of having the right people in your life if you are someone that wants to move outside of your comfort zone, that wants to make an impact in the world, that wants to create wealth, abundance, freedom. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, I don't necessarily know if there's a general principle because I think everyone, maybe everyone has a different card to play, but I certainly know from my experience, for sure, having people in my life that are encouraging and that see me, you know, it is 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 a game changer for sure. And, and you know, when I when I look at when I was kicked out of school, for example, and you know, really at at, at an age where you know you're 16, kicked out of school, huge universal shift. You know, I could have really gone, gone off rails. I was already off rails. And actually, actually, I went off rails. And in order for me to come back, I needed something very significant. Mm -hmm. And what that was, was three women in my life that gave me so much unconditional love and encouragement that it got me back mm -hmm. on track. And and that's invaluable. And I actually remember seeing a, um, a billboard of Oprah Winfrey in England years ago. And she said something to the effect of never underestimate the power of encouraging other people. It was far more profound than that. And and. No, I think that is that is huge, absolutely huge. And I think that, you know, the older I get, the I'm, I'm very much a natural people pleaser and and naturally um, uh, an overgiver, shall we say, of my boundaries and my time and my energy for sure. And, um, and, and an ever growing process for me is to get more fine tuned and refined of, of how much energy and time I give people and who I allow in and don't allow it. Um, and that's that's probably a lifelong thing, and I'm I'm at the best I've ever got to it, certainly. And um, and uh, I haven't necessarily developed a philosophy around it, but but my goodness, I mean, you know, it goes back to that thing. You know, I remember somebody, I remember sitting down with with two entrepreneur friends of mine, and I asked them this question, which was, if you could choose one personal growth principle out of all the ones that you know, and only one, but you could embody it in its totality what would that principle be? And mine was to fully realize and embody the fact that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You know, Tony Robbins puts it as proximity is power. And yeah. I think that there's more than that. It's not just you will take on the collective skills, mindsets, attributes, and behaviors of your closest associations, but also I think, which isn't necessarily included within that, that description, is encouragement is 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 spending time with people that that um that see your greatness and and refuse to allow 
you a to not embody it and b not fucking see it is huge it's so huge and and the essence of that is is someone that's really encouraging and really sees you and 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 you know it's interesting i think that as coaches we all have our own superpowers you know you look at someone like rich then he's one of the greats you know his superpower a friend of mine just had a a consultation with him recently and she she left she goes his super he's a cultural prosperous coach um and uh she said his his superpower is he just slows you down and that's his power and you know her superpower is seeing patterns in people you know i think what what i've been mirrored back to me for the past decade probably and so i suggest this is probably my superpower as it were is um is seeing the divinity in people and shining their back on them, which is something I opened up with. And, and therefore mm. I kind of have an easy job because it's easy for me to see that. It's easy for me to be like, look how fucking amazing you are. And interestingly, and this is the reason why I said, maybe this isn't the medicine for everybody. I think that that whatever your superpower is, whatever your medicine is, whatever you give is also what your soul, whether you're aware of it or not, is, is, is craving as well. And so, you know, if I were to have a look at my love language, my love language is words of affirmation. And when I found that out, I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I told mm. this to my girlfriend. I was like, oh, words of affirmation, words of affirmation. Kept reminding her a little bit. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, and, but it's so true. You know, for me, honestly, it's incredible. And, and then the, the opposite, you know, like if, if somebody, if somebody does the, the, the opposite of, of, of affirming. Before we continue the conversation with my inspiring guest, I have a very special announcement to make. If you're a business owner, I have a feeling you started this journey because you want more than just success. You want to live a truly abundant life. That means having a profitable business to fund the lifestyle you love and create a massive positive impact. It also means having thriving relationships with people who inspire and challenge you being mentally, emotionally, and physically healthy so you can have the energy to go after what you really want while truly enjoying the process. And being able to go on adventures that really make life worth living rather than just sitting behind your computer all day. So if you would like to be able to have this kind of abundance in your life, then I've just got the right thing for you. The Abundance Accelerator Academy is my new membership community where we host three monthly coaching calls that are focused on helping you improve your mindset, grow your business, and create the kind of freedom you want. There are also fun monthly community growth challenges that help you build new success habits which you will need to access greater levels of abundance. All of this and more for just $69 per month. If this sounds exciting to you, visit www.abundanceupgrade4.me to learn more. And now, back to the show with my inspiring guest. You were saying the opposite uh, to or off, and then it started. So, thank you. So, I think, um, so, so the essence is, I think, you know, my medicine is, is you know, seeing the, the greatness in somebody and reflecting it back to them and I think that's also the medicine that I need to receive is the reason why I give it. And so words of affirmation is my love language. I think I got to there. And um, and uh, and so for me, I mean, I lost my train of thought here slightly, but um, I can't remember where I was going, but that was the essence of what I was saying. Yeah, we were, we, else to say. yeah we were just talking about relationships and then the circle proximity is power. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, so I think, I think for me, seeing spending time with people that that see you 
hold yes. you accountable to, to 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 what they see of you as well. It's one thing seeing it; it's another thing. It's another. It's another thing. It, it's holding somebody to that standard, um, and uh, and so I think that's very very much important as well as spending time with people that are also on a self actualization journey. I think that's really really important. Um, and I think oh, there we are. And I think for me, not only is words affirmation kind of my my love language, as it were, and so therefore you know encouragement actually can be one of the great great things I look for in a coach, for example, um, and support. It, it, you know. Um, on the flip side, because I'm quite sensitive, having you know um, uh, some s- someone say something bad about me can affect me sometimes, depending. And so I think a lot of my work um, is around first of all giving that 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 affirmation to myself and not needing it externally, and also being able to have boundaries around what I do and do not allow to um, to affect me. Um, and I think underneath all of that, underneath all of that, and it goes back to this this idea of expanding one's comfort zone, is 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 fear and the absence of fear. Fundamentally, that's really what it is. And so for me, you know, there's a poem by Marianne Williamson called "Our Greatest mm. Fear," which you may have come across. I think for me, that's just like that's for anyone that considered themselves, you know, a warrior of light, a light worker, or or wanting to do good in the world. I think that poem is for, was written for all of us, myself included. And the essence of it is, you know, stop letting fear get in the way of you shining brightly. And um, I think fundamentally, fundamentally, you could, from one perspective, that is the essence of personal development, is liberating oneself of those fears. Um, and, uh, and, and I think actually oftentimes the only way one can do that is by facing them. Um, and going into that cave so you can you can you know receive that treasure yeah um, yeah i want to ask you a question because you just brought up marianne will will williamson and her poem and and i think it's something like our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond something measure. like beyond measure exactly thank you and it's such a revealing way of looking at at ourselves and can you talk about this fear of success why is it that people are afraid of their greatest light thank you it's interesting because it's almost like there's there's a fear of failure and there's a fear of success isn't there and i wonder for me in my own life if mine's the fear of failure i wonder whether that's mine i wonder I don't necessarily know if I'm if I'm afraid of success, and therefore I don't necessarily know if I'm equipped to speak about it. Um, maybe they're two sides of the, the exact same coin. You know, I don't know. Um, I think some people, they're they're here. We are. So I think some people, maybe their their fear of success is just me kind of like spitballing here a little bit. Is is maybe because they don't want, and it's something she says in her in her poem. She says. Um, she says, there is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people don't feel insecure around you. That's it. As you as, as you let your own light shine, you unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As you are liberated from your own fear, da 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 da, da. And so I think that's probably what it is. You know, I think some people maybe um, through their own conditioning of their own lives um, don't want to, to outshine anybody else. And I think that her message there but obviously was well actually no no you're fucking inspiring um 
um, by shining bright. And so um, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's the, the key. What do you yeah. think? I think it's, you made a very good point. And what it brings up for me is actually something that's, it's a, it's a story that I experienced back in Tulum at the beginning of this year when I did a, I worked with a coach who does somatic work. So for those of you that don't know that somatic is means of working on the body, there was a lot of movement in the body and there were stuck emotions there coming up and he was, I was doing breath work. And then all of a sudden I had this flood of sadness come up and I started sobbing and crying and I had been sitting with something for the week before. And I thought, Oh, uh, yeah, this is going to come up. I need to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. It's uncomfortable. Uh, and then all of a sudden, something completely different came up. And what came up was a vision that sparked into my mind that where I was like, okay, I'm becoming more and more successful. I'm becoming more and more influential. And all of a sudden, I was afraid of losing connection with some people in my life. And I was like, oh, oh, wow. It's like, like it's becoming more and more difficult for me to relate to them. And it's been becoming more difficult for them to relate to me. And for me, that was a fear of a loss of connection, of a loss of intimacy. And that's based in an e egoic belief, right? It's like the more successful I become, the, the more disconnected I become from certain people. To me, it's now what I'm realizing is, to me, success is to become more enlightened, more more peaceful, more loving. And so the more loving and peaceful I become, the easier it is for me to relate to other people because I can accept mm. whatever, whatever they're, whatever they're going through with. Yet I recognized it's that fear of the loss of connection for me. It wasn't that, that I feared failing at doing this. It was that I was like, Oh, the bigger I become, the more, the more alone I become. That's the thing. It was loneliness mm. was driving this conversation. And then oh, I remember saying this reflecting, I was like, how do I feel? And at the time I felt quite lonely because I was buried in my work. And, you know, you, I'm sure you can relate to this. That's, you know, it's a, it's a fine edge. You know, and this work is something that fulfills us. It, it gives us so much joy and passion yet, you know, for me, it takes up 90% of my life. I'm in it. I'm like all in all the time. And so sometimes when I step out of it, I'm like, wait, who am I outside of this? Who is Mario outside of the, the speaker, the coach, the transform, all of that? And sometimes I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I feel quite lonely. And so it was that that came up for me. And I recognized that I wanted to make more of a priority to have intimacy in my life with people, not for what I do, but for who I am. Mm, beautiful. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. Mm. it's interesting i think for me because i i you know i, I was i moved around went to boarding school i tripped and changed i moved around a lot when i was younger in terms of school etc i think i've become quite used to um having friends and then moving on to find other friends so I, mm. I don't necessarily have that um that sense um so interesting how just everyone's paths has different different little nuances that um yeah thank you thank you for sharing yeah absolutely and 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 i have another question because early on you said something you talked about being seen and seeing someone and i think i understand what you mean by that yet i'm 
I can imagine some people don't quite get what that really means. So I'm wondering, in your perspective, what does it mean to really see another human being? And what does that do for the other person? Thank you. I think it comes down to that, you know, I couldn't remember who I was texting the other day. I think I was talking to somebody who's a client of mine. And, and what I said to him was, you have to remember that everybody is playing sport. And I fundamentally believe that we're all playing small. We may not be playing small in business, but we might be playing small in our relationships or whatever it might be. There's somewhere in our life where we are playing small. And I, and I think that we can always be expanding and, and, and always reaching a deeper sense of fulfillment. And Tony Robbins put it really beautifully. He said, the actual, the, the, the art of fulfillment is two things. It's number one, self-actualizing and constantly growing as a human being, expanding your comfort zone, et cetera. And, and simultaneously, increasing the level of impact and service you're making in the world and he says if you're doing both of those your fulfillment level sure your life is going to be a roller coaster but your fulfillment level is going to keep on uh, and rising like we really like that and, and so so actually i think there is there is some sort of truth and we can we, we are all playing small we all we are we can all be, be greater versions of ourselves and at least mm. it's a bias of mine and so i think for me um really what it comes down to seeing somebody is 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 maybe seeing seeing potential hmm. and 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 sometimes potential has already been accessed it is not being embodied or realized it's there it's already there you already have it it's 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 right there you have it you own it you're just not using it why wake the fuck up i swear at people a lot <laughs> <laughs> i like I that swear people a lot <laughs> i swear people a lot um and it was interesting what a, a friend of mine great coach uh, i was going through a moment of, of of confusion actually um over the past seven days and she said to me she's so good she's one of those people just fucking she sees things in me she was like you know she just said look where you're playing small motherfucker and I was like, touche, touche. Thank you very much. And uh, and I think I'm so grateful to have someone like her in my life to show me that. Um, so yeah, to summarize, I think we're all playing small to some degree. And um, I think we can all be making a bigger impact in the world. And uh, we have a really short amount of time. And, and I know I'm playing small, for sure. Mm. I know I am. Mm. Beautiful response. You know, to see someone is to see their potential. And it's to see, it's to see there already the the dormant potential that's already there, and and it it relates to something that I've experienced recently with someone who's close to me as well, and I, I felt triggered, and because my story was, oh, this person is not doing the inner work, uh, this person is just projecting all of the, their un, unhealed wounds to the outside world, and. I knew that it was coming from me. The trigger is me. It's, it's my responsibility. It has nothing to do with the other person. And yet I was in a little bit of a twist. I was like, okay, I'm focusing on accepting this other person. I don't, you know, I'm not in the position to say you need to change something about you. I want to focus on looking at her through the eyes of she is perfect the way she is. And then I listened to, so I'm listening to a lot of lectures on Christ consciousness I'm not a religious mm -hmm. person. I consider myself a spiritual being um, with a human experience. And the person that I was speaking was saying, 
if you're getting triggered by the other person, you are not looking at the, the person through the eyes of God. Because in the eyes of God, this person is perfect. And I was like, ah, oh, damn. I was like, okay. So what I did was in my mind's eye, I visualized, I just said, um, I, I, I demand peace for you. I demand peace for you. And I just looked at this person in this peaceful aura. And it was amazing. Because the next time I saw the person, I felt completely different. I was so much more relaxed. I wasn't so on edge. It's like, ah, oh, something is going to come. I was like, no, peace. I demand peace. And it was amazing. And then that just reminds me of what you just shared in terms of looking at people through the eyes of what's possible. How are you already amazing? And, you know, the things that are in the way, they're not real anyways. So I really appreciate that perspective. And I want to ask you another question. You know, we talked about relationships and the importance of having sort of cheerleaders in your life, people that see you, encourage you. If you could spend an hour of your time with any person dead or alive, who would it be and why? That's a really good question. <laughs> Jesus, that was easy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> why? Because... Um... If I could choose to spend time with anybody, why not God? Mm. Um, I mean, that's going to be my answer now. If I were to sit about <laughs> it, maybe I'd think of something a little bit cleverer than that. I don't know. But actually, yeah. I mean, look, let's say Jesus is a real human being. Okay, let's just say that. Let's mm. say that he actually is the son of God. Maybe we all are, you know. Um, I would love, okay, here we are. If Jesus was alive, I would love to sit him down and speak to him and ask him a ton of questions there's multiple reasons if he was the son of god and uh and he had obtained christ consciousness let's say so he was a pure a pure embodiment of unconditional love imagine being in the presence of that you know i think to myself that, that really at the end of the day everything is comes and goes everything is is there's only one absolute. I, I choose to believe there's one absolute, and that's unconditional love in its purest sense. And I think that the pursuit of that is, is the highest form of, 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 of being in the world. You know, if you if you pursue to embody and 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 to pursue having that as the filter of how you see and act and, and do everything, surely that's gonna be the highest pursuit. Sure, it has to be, has to be the highest pursuit, whether it's attainable or not. It probably isn't, but but pursuing it, I think, is um, the highest pursuit that I can think of. And so why not spend time with somebody that is the embodiment of that? And and imagine, first of all, just melting in that type of presence. And also imagine just the upgrading of being in that kind of frequency. You know, I got really into the Hare Krishnas for a long time and, and they're on the path, you know, very often I used to use the same, you kind of look at how Krishna's and you see shaved heads and tambourines and dancing like these are not normal people. And they're not. They're they're um, they're not, they're wonderful. They're very un they're very to, to the material eye, very unsick sexy. You think about in terms of like a lot of people getting into, you know, Eastern philosophies and Eastern spirituality, you know, having mala beads and doing yoga and kind of being sexy and maybe getting to tantra sex is 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 um is quite a sexy form of spirituality. The Hare Krishnas are like, no, we're going to renounce the material world and we're going to be servants. It's not sexy. Um, 
But if you, my experience was meeting the right Hare Krishna monks and, but their philosophy is without question the best that I've come across. Their spiritual philosophy is without question the best. And sure, there's certain, you know, like their own version of Hindu stories, et cetera, which you can take or leave. But the essence underneath them, they proclaim, and I agree, is the essence of every single last religion. And I think that for me, when I, the, after being on my, my self-actualization journey, I find this a lot with my friends as well, it suddenly starts to become a spiritual quest, actually. And for me, theirs is the best. It's almost like the pure code of spirituality they have distilled, and it's, it's fucking delicious. And really, essentially what it is, is, is it's all about unconditional love. It's about being a servant of unconditional love. And that means also self-love. You know, you have to love yourself to be able to do that and pursuing yeah. that. And and these these this 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 movement has spent you know ten thousand years whatever it might be, really refining this. And there's so much advancement in their practice, which um, is mind blowing. And and I think that if I were to spend time with Jesus, let's say let's say he is like the embodiment of a bhakti yogi or the embodiment of unconditional love, so anytime his zest would be amazing. You know, one of the the Hare Krishna swamis that I had the fortune of spending time with um called Radhanath Swami he is the, the the closest I've ever experienced to that in human form um he's certainly going to be considered a saint by the Hare Krishnas when he passes away um and you get upgraded being his company it's quite something and it's you know I remember seeing him in LA and being lost for words I can't quite describe it um so I think spending time with Jesus in that respect would be good. And let's say that he wasn't the embodiment. He was just some like great philosopher. Well, we'd have a great chat in that case. <laughs> <laughs> I like that answer. I like it very much so. And I can I can relate to a, a lot of things that you said. And, and I'm wondering, so I have my own perspective on this and I want to hear yours on what does it do for someone say you're a solopreneur you know you similar to us you know you might be a digital nomad you travel around and you're taking care of your own business and you are focused on growing the business more clients more money bigger impact maybe less time working while the business keeps growing and then you hear some dudes like you and i talk about unconditional love and christ consciousness in the most practical sense why should someone care why should somebody care about what? Sorry, embodying crisis, crisis consciousness. What does that do for them? You know, on their journey in, in the entrepreneurship realm. Thank you. Well, I can actually give you. I can give you an answer on this. Here we are. I can give you from multiple angles. So, mm -hmm. if we're spiritual and we say, "Well, so if we're, if we're a Hare Krishna, for example, and we're spiritual, we're going to say, be a servant of love, because when you do all of your actions in alignment of being a servant of love, or god or the universe and then then those are purified actions and therefore you're going to um, burn your karma and it's a and, and it's the fast track to enlightenment should we say um or and what is enlightenment you know um maybe the the the, the ceasing of eternal birth and, and death and rebirth maybe and that's the samsara that buddha talks about so that's kind of the, the spiritual angle um if we were to have a look in terms of business you know um one of my favorite sales uh, uh, trainers, Zig Ziglar, put it so well. He said, you can have everything you want in this life if you'll just help enough people get what they want. And that is fucking magic. And it's fucking true. 
It's fucking true. It, is. it really is. And, you know, I've been studying this this book. It's called Reality, Tra- Reality Transfer by somebody called Vladim Zeland. And I'm considering even starting a podcast just to explore this because it's a big it's a big bastard and it's really interesting. It's really shaped the way that I think. But and what he's saying in terms of manifesting, it's very much distilling a lot of esoteric philosophy. And he is saying that I won't get into it, but the essence of what he's saying is in order for you to to create what you want to create, you still need to focus on somebody else's desires. It's in the process of helping other people achieve that you were able to get receive, essentially. And that's a really watered down version of what you're saying. But there's the codes are there from different perspectives. You know, there's a really, um, I think a lot of my entrepreneurial clients, I will send a video from Steve, jo- um, excuse me, Jeff Bezos. And if you were to type in 1999 interview Jeff Bezos about five minutes long is amazing this is before he's become the richest man in the world right and this interview was really trying to tear him apart saying really you're an online business and da 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 and he keeps and we have the, the the luxury of knowing he's now the richest man in the world to kind of be like yeah you fucking legend you stood your ground and essentially what he's saying is the reason why um we're probably going to win is because we are obsessed with with a customer service we are obsessed with with getting the 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 end user the best possible end result you know and uh another angle we can look at this is from sales if we have like a sales training this is really this is a really good one i learned this from uh, i'm not going to claim this is mine but i'm certainly going to be sharing this with the world um from alex hormozzi great 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 entrepreneur and so if you're an entrepreneur watching this check out alex hormozzi just incredible acquisition.com it's amazing his youtube channel alex hormozzi just just so good um so much value and one of the things that he was saying in terms of sales really good point which is so many basically all sales trainings are focused on the skill of selling right and he says that look if you were to, to measure the skill of selling from zero to ten it's from zero to ten but there's another metric we need in sales which is conviction conviction in this product being fucking amazing for this person to use it and he says well if if the skill of selling is measured from zero to ten then conviction has to be measured from zero to 100 so you can have zero skill in selling but um 90 percent conviction 100 percent conviction you're gonna fucking sell it you don't need sales <laughs> skills what you need what you need is a great product how many people have you sold to go and watch that film or to go to that restaurant because you're fucking convinced. And and so really what it, all of these things combined, and the reason why maybe pursuing your question, you know, like Christ consciousness and unconditional love and da 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 because when you stop being a selfish motherfucker, you actually get what you want. <laughs> and another way to, and another way to say that is is that when you when you focus your life on on really actually caring, get, okay, here's another angle. Gary Vaynerchuk wrote a book called Crushing It or Crush It um and uh it's a black covered book and he's got two ones yellow ones black it's the black covered book and there's a chapter in there and it's great i love this um which is the best marketing strategy in the world you open up that chapter it's one page and one word and he just put care care actually care that's the best marketing strategy in the world and it all ties back into this idea of service i heard jay shetty say something so this is just we can keep going it, it's the essence. Jay Shetty um, uh, on a podcast spoke about how we are hardwired to serve. And uh, there's a really great experiment, which was 
um, they got, you know, 10 university students and they go, here's 10 bucks, go and buy something, rate your happiness levels. They all went out and bought coffees and sandwiches, read the happiness level, six out of 10, thanks very much. That was great. Next day, $10. Now this time, go and buy something, but give it away. They bought the same things, gave it away, but the happiness went through the roof. Why? Because we love giving. We love making people happy. And so as an entrepreneur, the essence of all of this, really the essence, the essence as the essence is providing the best. Jay Abraham causes preeminence. I love it. It's providing the best possible service you can to your customer or clients. And if you can really, really try and serve them, actually serve them, you're going to get more referrals. You're going to make more money. You're going to feel great. And you're going to get everything that you need. It goes back to that quote, Zig Ziglar. You can have everything that you want in this life. It will just help another people get what they want. Man, that is so, so true. And such, so valuable what you just shared. And it, and it just... And it just brings this elusive, intangible way of looking at unconditional love into the practical realm. And to to close up with a personal uh, story there, I've made a life commitment out of this because I was living the opposite. I was living me, 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 me. How can I be, uh, be, create the best life for me? And it ended up leading me almost to ending my own life. I was miserable, depressed, in chronic back pain, you know, ready to end my life. And then I understood this concept. You know, it wasn't like I changed tomorrow, but it was a process that took me to how can I become of greater service to the world? And today my mission is to raise the consciousness of humanity and to, to uh, empower the next generation of conscious millionaires. Why? Because I know that if there's more money in the hands of people like you and myself, the world is going to do a lot better. It's just, it's just inevitable because people like you and I, we quickly fulfill our needs. So what do we do with the rest of the money? We give it away. We do good things. We help other people because we don't identify with the money. We want other people to thrive. And I, and I love the way that you made it so practical that shows people that there's no better marketing strategy than love. And love is transferred into caring make an impression really serve people more powerfully than they're expecting it and they're going to pass it on they're going to sing your name so i really love what you just shared and and i want to thank you for being on the show um i think there's a lot more that we could get into um you could probably chat for 10 hours and i want to ask I'm you sure we could <laughs> is there is there a message that you have for the people listening to this podcast is there a parting message that you'd like to share Wow. Um, well, first of all, I'd say thank you very much for having me on here. And and uh, I really see you. And um, the McCarty message, part A, would be keep listening to this beautiful man. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and I really see you. And I really see your authenticity. And um, you know, true story, I, I'm not often asked to be on podcasts. And in the past, I think I think you asked about six weeks ago, and I put this about six weeks into the future. Yes. Uh, just because I, I, was, I was doing some things. Around that time, I think three or four people asked me. You're the only person that, that that I that I did it, and that's not because I'm inundated. It just happened to be this freak month where four people asked. Um, all people that I respect, but but um, but but I'm, but I'm doing this for you because of, 
I, I don't know, there's something je ne sais quoi, but if I put it into words, because I feel you deeply. Um, so I'd just like to acknowledge you first and foremost, um, and thank you very much um, for inviting me. I consider it an honor, so thank you. Um, if I were to give a passing thing um, to your audience, what would that be? First thing that comes to my mind <laughs> would be something that I that that I'm still trying myself, and and I think I, I had a coffee with a friend of mine this morning, and I was reminded by how important this is of a pursuit, which is to pursue authenticity, and you know you know I think. Um, And especially how this relates to mindset, you know, this, this book that I'm reading at the moment, I've been studying for a long time, this manifestation book, or call it a book of creation or whatever it might be. What we're saying is, is that, you know, in, and it's interesting, in a textbook about manifestation, he doesn't talk about money. What, uh, he talks about money once, and that's just to dismiss it. And what he's saying is, is that, the fun about money, da 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 this kind of stuff. You need, this is, this is, this is the, the key. The key is this. What do I need to be doing for life to feel like a holiday? Now, automatically, the mind, the mind might come in and go, well, that's unrealistic. There we are. This is the mind. And this is what it means to be limitless. We, we have all these limited conditionings of, of our mindset. But actually, why can't life be a holiday? Actually, why can't you really love what you're doing? Sure. OK, there's ups and downs. Sure. Well, when you're on a holiday, the idea is that actually, well, why can't um, life be full of play and fun and pleasure and and pursuing things that you genuinely love to do? And you know the mind gets in the way, and this whole book is is, is really interesting. Look at this esoteric ideas of this mind. But anyway, but underneath that is essentially you know happiness is, is to be found in in pursuing authenticity. And there's you know like you know, philosopher Martin Heidegger put it put it really beautifully. Um, somebody once said to me, it was a big part, should we say, of his philosophy, the limited amount of his philosophy that I'm aware of. And I, but one thing that stood out was uh, I remember hearing in a talk once somebody said to him, Professor, you keep saying that we need to be authentic and pursue an authentic life. How do we do that? And he says, spend more time in graveyards. When you realize that you're, you know, you don't have much time on this earth, you you realize, you know, um, mm. live an authentic life. I think there's something really beautiful in that. And and as I talked to my friend, he really inspired me because, um, you know, um, he it's almost like something clicked within him about a year ago and he just decided to to really do what he loved in in a, he's a coach as well and a musician and he's in such a high vibration that so much abundance and opportunity and pleasure and satisfaction is just coming to him like a magnet because he's he is that authentic vibrant expression expression and it's almost like whenever Whenever you are not authentic and in that high vibration to use that kind of language, you know, you're, you're dimmed. And when you're dimmed, you're not going to be attractive. And so I think the the, the parting uh, idea that I would leave is something that I'm still pursuing in my own life is, is that, that pursuit of living an authentic life and noticing when the mind comes up. And I think the, the the very often where the mind comes up is, yeah, do you know what? I'll go and make a ton of money, then I'll do that. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's and that's the biggest trap. That's yeah. the biggest trap. Yeah. And um and, and that that's certainly been a trap in my own life. Um yeah, that's my two pennies worth. I hope that Beautiful. was useful. That very, very, very much. And I think I, I, I sign right away, you know, being authentic is 
is really the magic of being you. And when you're no longer filtering who you are and, and, and what's coming up for you, then you're also no longer blocking what you can receive. And so everyone go check out William Griffin. As you have heard today, he's a master. He's a, he's a genius in, in helping other people shine even brighter. William, what's the best way that people can connect with you? Um, that's very kind of you to say that. Thank you very much. Uh, Instagram uh, yeah. is really the only way I'm at. Um, Instagram, William underscore underscore Griffin. Uh, somebody took William Griffin and William underscore Griffin. So I've got the double underscore. <laughs> um, so hopefully you'll find me that way. Um, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I'm going to add that into the show notes. Lovely. So everyone, make sure to check him out. Thank you so much for tuning into the Self-Doubt Solution. This is your host, Mario Lanzarotti, wishing you a beautiful rest of your day and looking forward to having you back on the next episode.